This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and now I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Sting, how has your week been? Culture Addicts, welcome back to the new TNN podcast feed for the latest edition of Toad Man, our Dawson's Creek recap show. Yay! So, folks, even though I'm trying to pretend that I'm happy with that fake little yay there, I do have some bad news. I still have not heard from film connoisseur Kevin Nash. I don't know where he is. He's, of course, my co-host here on Toad Man. But you know what? Through the weeks, we have been able to get by. Mostly. Uh, We had the confused but enthusiastic force ghosts of Dusty Rhodes. And, of course, we also had uh, username New Blood Rules with three Zs. I don't know if we'll be hearing from him again. So I guess I'm going to be hosting this bad boy solo. What, What was that? Oh, that's my cell phone ringer! That's right, I changed it to make it uh, make me feel like attractive people were whistling at me because they found me attractive. Oh, I better answer it. Hold on. Hello? Kevin! I'm so happy to hear it. Hold on, let me put on speakerphone for everybody. Kevin, you're on with the entire pop culture fanatics of the new TNN podcast feed. Dude! Where the hell have you been? Johnny. Uh, hold on. It's my turn. It's my turn. I waited for weeks to call my buddy Johnny. I get a phone call, damn it. All right. Hey, Johnny. So, uh, buddy. Little bit of bad luck for the old film connoisseur known as Kevin Nash. I'm in jail in Biloxi, Mississippi. Jail? Jesus, Kevin, what have you done? Well, I didn't really do anything too bad. Uh, you know, I was at a casino here, my friend Jen, and uh, we we're playing some blackjack. Don't know if you're familiar with the game. Uh, sometimes they play it on the silver screen. You know, Casino Royale by Martin Campbell. It's a hell of a picture. You know, uh, they're playing Texas Hold'em, which isn't anything like blackjack. But, you know, it uses the same cards. So I think you get the idea. Anyway, I've got... 20. That's pretty good. And I told the dealer to hit me, because I wanted 21. And, well, he threw me a 10 card, which I don't know if you're aware of this, Johnny, but 10 plus 20 is 30. Now, of course, 30! 9 more than 21, but I was not able to win the pot. Now, after I got this 10 card dealt to me, The guy that dealt me the 10 card, well, he got a little too close for comfort. So, you know, had to do my thing. Jackknife, one, two, three. The security wasn't too pleased with that. So, here I am calling from lockup. Now, Johnny, 
I'm gonna need you to come bail me out, but I know it's probably time for Toad Man Episode 3. Uh, actually, Kev, we're on Toad Man Episode 5. Holy shit, Johnny! Looks like I'm gonna have to make a great escape. Huh! Now there's a picture I could really get behind. Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, James Garner, Donald Pleasance. Uh, you might know him from those Halloween pictures. Uh, I, of course, uh, met, first met Donald Pleasance in Puma Man. That's uh, a great movie. Uh, but Johnny, all right, tell you what. <sighs> I'll wait for my lawyers to show up. And, and you know what? I actually think I have an idea how to help you out. What do you mean you have an idea to help me out? You didn't even know that I was under great duress. Johnny. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one segment when I was on television with WCW where I had on that hat, like the wizard thing. I'm kind of a, kind of a voyeur. I can see the future. I think you mean a clairvoyant. A voyeur is like somebody that watches people pee. Well, like I said, I'm a bit of a voyeur, but I'm also that clear thing, too, where I can see the future. Now, when I first got here, they put me in isolation, and I met this really sweet guy who was on the other side of the wall. Wow. You were in, like, deep lockup, like solitary confinement? Uh, well, you know, they're, everybody's afraid of the jackknife, Johnny. But this guy got out, and I gave him your information. Wait, what? First of all, why are you giving my information to strangers? Two, why are you giving my information to strangers who have just been released from prison? Well, Johnny, I never said he was released from prison. I said he got out. He got out of solitary confinement like he busted out of the clank? The huska, if you will? Yeah, I like the Scott Hudson reference, but yeah, uh, it was the craziest thing. In the middle of the night, the guard came down to check on us and give us some chow. Next thing you know, this fucker turns him into a tiger. And, and you know, the, the guy stole his keys and, 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 and he got out. Turned him into a tiger? Is he some sort of a dark magician? Are we playing an insane game of Yu-Gi-Oh? You know, Johnny, you wonder why you don't get laid? Why are you talking about Yu-Gi-Oh? It's probably not a good idea, but yeah, I gave him your number and it's cool. Don't worry, I told him everything he needed to know. He's going to come fully prepared with the background of the episode. Well, Kev, that's the least of my concerns, okay? Jesus, why was this guy locked up? You know, that's the one thing I didn't ask him. But hey, I see my lawyer coming. I gotta go, Johnny. You have a good time. Wait, what's his name? Oh, the ink-like scorpion. What? What? Hello, Kev? God damn it. Oh, now I got that to worry about. Well, you know what? Maybe I could just go ahead and get this episode of Toad Man recorded uh, before this guy uh, shows up, okay? So, this episode... Johnny, ah! how was your week? Who is this? You haven't figured it out yet. Wait, are you the ink-like scorpion? I've had many names, Johnny C. Apperton, Airman, Satan, Lucifer, Jeff. Jeff? Yes, sometimes my name Jeff. Okay, well, I'm going to stick with the ink-like scorpion. Is that okay, sir? 
If that is your destiny, you shall pursue it. Okay, well, ha have a seat, sir. Um, gra grab a headset there. Alright, so, um, Ink Like Scorpion, it's nice to meet you. I'm Johnny C. Uh, you can take whatever you want on the way out, just please don't hurt me. Um, are you familiar with Dawson's Creek, sir? I've swam in the Well of Souls and commandeered the ferry to the Netherscape. But I didn't start watching Dawson's Creek until season two, so this episode was new for me. Huh, okay, cool. Uh, so you're at least aware uh, of the concepts that are in play? Yes, I'm very familiar. Like I said, season two and beyond. But I will admit, my favorite character doesn't appear until season three. Will Kretzky. Wait, your favorite character is Will Kretzky, the backdoor pilot guy? Silence! Allow me to share the technical information for the episode so we can proceed into the hellscape of K-Side. Episode 5 is called Hurricane. It was directed by Lou Antonio. Sting, when a major hurricane strikes K-Side, all the principal characters take refuge in the Leary home, including Joey's very pregnant older sister Bessie and her boyfriend where Jen's overly religious grandmother does not hide her bigotry towards them. Also, Dawson rages at Jen about her past, and Joey for not confiding in him about her mother's philandering. But when Mitch learns about Gail's affair, he angrily storms out of the house, leaving a tormented Dawson to deal with the fallout. Meanwhile, Pacey takes shelter at Tamara's beach house, while his brother Doug, a local policeman, where he ruins his brother's chances to hook up with Tamara by secretly telling her that Doug is gay. Sting, I've been in the closet and under your bed with Doug. The runtime is 44 minutes. The sound mix is Dolby, so you can hear it, just like when I hear the bones of Sting snap at Mountain Madness on September 5th. The aspect ratio is full screen, and it was filmed on 35mm. Okay, thank you, Inklag Scorpion. Uh, so we open with the greatest tragedy of Dawson Leary's life. <laughs> A gust of wind blows over his framed portrait of Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg directed my favorite motion picture, Johnny C. Oh yeah, which one's that? Schindler's List. Mother! Um, Mr. Inklike Scorpion, uh, I say, why Inklike? Why not the black... Johnny, don't say it. You don't want to get sued, do you? N no, sir. Also, I forgot to mention that at the end of each episode, we give out an award for the MVC, the Most Valuable Creaker. If you don't like the name, we can change it to whatever you want. Quite all right, Johnny. In fact, I have already made my selection. Would you like to know who it is? Here's a hint. California, 1986. The beach. Okay. Dawson and Joey are having what they call a disaster movie marathon seance. They're watching Twister, The Poseidon Adventure, The Towering Inferno. Some classic disaster flicks there. Yes, the flames of vengeance are strong. At Mountain Madness. More importantly, though, Johnny, 
The seance appears to be effective, as the news reports indicate that Hurricane Sting is close. Um, Chris? Chris is not one of my many names. Oh no, I meant the uh, hurricane? Johnny, don't push it. Hurricane Sting it is! But they're excited when the news broadcasters, Dawson's mom and Bob, announce there's no school tomorrow. They actually stand up and jump and dance around like, no school, no school, it's your birthday, no school. But hey, you know what? Uh, Don't forget, though, even though you're out of school, you still have to worry about the risk of, you know, property damage, extensive power outages, death. But hey, at least I don't have to go to school today. It's a goddamn hurricane. It's not an inch of snow, you fucking nincompoots. Well, Bob, sounds like a good day to stay in bed. That's right, Gail. Oh, you cute little adultering bastards. But this makes Dawson angry. He's no longer happy he doesn't have to school and he have to go to school, excuse me. And he really leans into his performance here. He angrily turns off the TV with the remote control like eh. You guys couldn't see what I was doing, but it's like, eh. And there's some sad piano music. Joey's like, Dawson, have you said anything to your mom and your dad? No. You want to watch the next movie, Dawson? You know what, Joey? I'm tired. I don't think I can even focus on a movie right now. The piano music now has lyrics. It's like, tonight I cried the tears and fear runs deep and wide. Joey's like, Dawson, you're just going to have to deal with this shit at some point. Joey. It's for post. It's postponed until after the hurricane. Besides, the Riddler Society doesn't meet until after the hurricane, so I'll know what to do. Joey's like, whatever, Dawson. She goes to crawl out the window and climb down the ladder to go home. Wait a minute, though. Th- not only did some insane wind gusts knock over Mr. Spielberg, but she's got to row a boat home in this shit. She's not driving. Is this even safe? She has to literally row down Dawson's Creek. I don't know. The River Styx has not yet called for Josephine Potter. The voices inside yearn only for Sting. Buckle your seatbelt, Dawson. It's a bumpy life. Joey leaves? Well, I guess towards safety, as the ink-like scorpion has indicated there will be no death for a Joey Potter. But Dawson turns back on the news to watch his mom and Bob flirt and stares lifeless. I don't want to wait till our lives to be over. I want to know right now what could it be? Another, another. I don't want to wait till September 5th at Mountain Madness to reveal myself. Do sting. Wow. That was beautiful, Scorp. After the credits, we meet up with the Leary family preparing for Hurricane Sting. See, I got it right there. And a classic R.E.M. tune. The end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine, is playing. I enjoy that song. Yeah, you like the uh, metaphors or, uh, you know, the the, uh, analogies that are presented by an R.E.M.? No, the lyrics are catchy. Six o'clock. TV hour, don't get caught in foreign tower. Slash and burn, return, listen to yourself churn. At Mountain Madness. 
The Learys are securing the fort, if you will. Fort Leary. They're boarding up their windows. They're bringing in their patio furniture, things like that. Gail is on the phone with her news producer, angry that she lacks the appendage necessary to cover a vicious storm for the local news channel. You know, because she's a lady. Bob gets to do it. You know, Bob's got a dick. It's wrong. I'm just making fun of it. The Flash, or Mitch Leary, is like, Well, Gail, me and my appendage are happy that you're going to be safe and sound. I love you so much. I don't know what I'd do without you. You know, it's laying it on nice and thick because we all know later, well, according to the subscription, our subscription summary given to us by the ink-like scorpion. Try to say the words correctly, Johnny. Slow down. Don't live in fear of sting. Oh, I don't really fear the man. I mean... Well, that Starcade 97 phase was kind of creepy. He was very pale, like a ghost. You know, ooh, I'm spooky. I'm hiding in your closet. I'm Sting. I am the one that hides in the closet, Johnny C. Be aware of these things. So Flash is like, you know what, Gail? I'm going to go next door and get Jen and her grandma so they're safe. Um, He must not access the Speed Force to do this because he's not there and back instantaneously. Dawson has plenty of time to talk to his mom and make her feel like a piece of shit. You know, my father is great, Mom. He's 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 wonderful. He's a provider. No, he's not, Dawson. He doesn't do shit all day. He plays with his restaurant toys. Well, that might be true, Mother. But he's faithful as well. Uh-oh. Uh, who's covering the hurricane for the news station again, Mother? Bob. Bob is doing it. Ah, that's right. Hurricane Bob. No, honey. Hurricane Chris. Hurricane Sting, Gail. Gail figures it out, though. Dawson's laid it on thick enough, and she kind of is like, uh, uh, she literally then spikes the camera and says, oh, boy. Meanwhile, at the beach, Officer Doug Witter and Pacey Witter. It's our first appearance at Doug, Pacey's older brother. So Doug's a cop, and him and Pacey are putting up signs on the beach like, beach closed today. You know what I mean? Like, the beach is closed today, as Tony Stark would say. Uh, Pacey sort of does an effeminate voice trying to make fun of Doug because he believes that Doug is repressing the gayness. And I don't know about the effeminate voice per se, but Pacey's not as bad as it could be considering this is like 1998, all right? So just understand what I mean when I say that. Doug, I actually think is a very funny character. He's like, just because I'm pretty doesn't mean I'm gay. Oh yeah, Dougie, well your CD collection says otherwise. But hey, I just want you to be happy. You know, be yourself. And of course this pays off in the final season. I think it's the final episode we have to wait for the payoff maybe even. But it does eventually pay off. Uh, Pacey, what makes you think I'm gay? Well, you took a job where you're forced to dress like one of the village people. <laughs> At the Potter household. My god, it's Joey Potter, it is. Johnny C. Those books are dangerous. Only my black magic should be known to this world. Let me give you a clue as to how I know those books are evil. Expelliarmus doesn't do anything. But I will expel Sting from this earth and mountain madness. All right. Has anyone ever told you you sound like Unicron? From Transformers, the movie. He's my brother. No! I guess you could say, he is heavy. He's your brother. 
Okay, so at the, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? The Joey Potter household. Joey's worried about the hurricane and thinks they should go to Dawson's. But Bodie and Bessie are having a debate as to whether or not to circumcise their soon-to-be-born son. Bodie has taken the pro, Bessie the con. Back at the beach, because that's all you need to know, really, uh, Pacey sees a beach house. And he's like, holy jeez, I know who lives here. And he runs up to the house, and out comes Miss Jacobs. Tammy, it's so good to see you. He tries to get a little smooching in, but his brother Doug comes around the corner. Woof, that was a close call. Good thing Miss Jacobs is at least half sane and stops him when he's going for it. But this whole episode, they're going to have to play a deadly game of charades. (laughs) Deadly game. Because it's a deadly game. It's a game that we're playing. Deadly game! I love that you helped me there, Inky. Inky, do I look like an octopus Pokemon to you? No, sir. I know I'm cute, but watch your tongue. Very well, sir. Ah, Tammy's like, oh, thanks so much for helping me, uh, you know, barricade my beach house, Officer Witter. Oh, Doug. You can call me Doug. It's cool pretty strong. That's why I barricade houses for people. Uh, I'm not dumb like my brother. Oh, your brother's not dumb, Doug. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, say, what do I call you? Uh, Miss Jacobs? Uh, ma'am? You can call me Tamara. All right. Tammy. All of a sudden, Shazam! Well, there's a big lightning strike, which happens when the kids yell Shazam. But this big lightning strike... Really, really, really freaks out Miss Jacobs. Yes, the forces of darkness have come to put an end to this feeble relationship. The relationship between Tammy and Pacey? The uh, elder gods don't approve? No, the relationship between Doug and his lies. Dougie, don't be afraid to stand up for who you are. Like my friend the genie says, be yourself. Aw, Scorp, you're not so bad after all. Johnny, do not speak to me unless spoken to, lest I lock you inside my UFO. No problem. Dougie sees this as an opportunity to try and get close with Tammy during the hurricane. At the Leary house, Grams and Jen agree to come to Dawson's house, and so they show up. Grams feels like she doesn't need any extra protection. The Lord won't kill me today, she claims. Dawson and Jen share a moment on the porch. Where Dawson's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear your grandpa's in the hospital. You know, it's just some transition dialogue about Gramps being back in the hospital to cover for the fact that he's not in this episode and they don't worry about him the entire time when he's alone in a house. You know, it is what it is. It's called good writing, asset. Totally agree! It's fucking amazing, Emmy-worthy. No doubt about it. But Dawson gives Jen the cold shoulder, continuing the narrative from our previous episode. Jen points out he's being a baby, because, you know, Jen is the only character that acts and behaves like a rational human being. She leaves him alone outside. Everybody's now in the house, because Joey, Bessie, and Bodie arrive. And the Flash is like, well, settle down, everyone. Welcome in. Now go make some lunch. But, uh, Bessie, have you met Jen's grandmother, Mrs. Ryan? Oh, we've met the old Joey's unwed pregnant sister yikes grams the bastard child of capeside is the vessel that will carry the lost soul of sting the soul i will extract at starcade collision course what what happened to mountain madness 
The ink like scorpion at Mountain Madness was merely a vessel. I see. Gail's on the phone with Bob, you know, flirting, because he's out there in the dangerous hurricane. But there's like seven other people around Gail. Jesus Christ. Fucking, it's called restraint. We all get horny. Deal with it. She literally calls him bad boy over the phone. Dawson overhears this, and then she does her patented phone kissing to help Bob orgasm. Because remember, this is before the uh, selfie pics are getting sent. All right, in the videos and things like that. Dawson decides this is the moment. I shall confront my mother. You know what, Mom? I have an award for you. It's not a broadcast trophy. It comes in the form of an A. And you stitch it right here. And he stitches a little needle over his heart. Gale freaks out. And we head to commercial. We're back, though. And Gale is in pursuit of Dawson. Desperately trying to get some words in, but Dawson will hear none of this. You're talking to the wrong person, Mother. The right one is downstairs. You know who I'm talking about. Your mate, spouse, partner, your better half, your paramour. Dawson, where did you hear that word? I heard it from Black Mask Mother. He's been teaching the Riddler, and the Riddler's been teaching me. But he slams into his room where Jen is waiting. Jen, I don't understand this. Why would she do this? My parents fuck like rabbits. You know, Dawson, it's probably not about sex. These things rarely are. You know, your mother is a good woman. Oh, of course, you would defend her. What? Why is that, Dawson? Because I've slept with half of New York? That's not what I meant. Well, you better explain yourself, Buster, before I rip your head off. Yes, Jen, yes. All I'm saying, Jen, is who better to defend someone like her than someone like you, someone who's had multiple partners of their own? Oh, Dawson, you fool. Jen goes into hyperdrive, fucking rips into Dawson, makes fun of his Steven Spielberg fantasy-like outlook on things, like the bitch that he is, and leaves. Joey sneezes. (laughs) She was hiding in the closet this whole time. No, I am in the closet, waiting for Sting. Oh, that's true. You have said that multiple times. My apologies. Joey just wants to help out, though. Hey, Dawson, do you want to act out the ending of Jaws like we used to? Joey, no, I don't. Oh, I forgot. That's things we can't do anymore because we're too old. You know, it's. I guess we'll just put it up there with sleeping over. We just can't act like we're kids anymore. You know what, Dawson? You should get down on your knees and thank God you have a mother because I don't. And she leaves. Dawson, in response to all of this that he's having to deal with, does his patented throw his hands behind his head while brushing back his hair and slam himself down on the bed. Downstairs, Bodie. Insults Graham's cooking. Not a good idea there, Bodie. Mitch is watching the television, where Bob is outside doing some reporting like, The winds are really high, and there's rain and stuff. Gail watches from behind. Mitch says, Oh gosh, Gail, I'm really concerned for Bob out there. I hope he's safe. Joey's like, Eh, I wouldn't worry about Bob, Mr. Leary. So now Gail and Joey have to go sit on the steps and have a little heart-to-heart where Gail refuses to say fuck even though she really wants to. And Joey's like, um, Mrs. Leary, my life is a shit show. You can say fuck around me. 
Nevertheless, she's like, well, I'm supposed to set an example, Joey. I can't say things like that. <laughs> Joey rightfully is like, uh, M- Mrs. Leary, y- y- you're setting an example, really? <laughs> really? Then there is some ominous thunder and lightning. We smash cut to Mitch's playroom. Mitch is playing with his fucking restaurant toys. He's like gluing little things onto the model of his tiny restaurant. He's literally the 40-year-old virgin. You know that amazing scene, the 40-year-old virgin, where Steve Carell's got his little models? He's like, I'm now painting your gray pants blue, which is one of my favorite things ever. Dawson comes in, and he's like, uh, well, I shouldn't say he. Dawson comes in, and Mitch is like, ah, Dawson, how are you? Sit down. I dare you. You know, Dawson. If this restaurant takes off, we're going to be a big chain. There's going to be leery fish restaurants from coast to coast. Serious question. Was Mitch in, like, Nam or something? Okay. Like, is everybody that's around Mitch Leary in his life just okay with his behavior because he saw some shit in Nam? Because that's the only thing that can explain why anyone puts up with Mitch Leary and his nonsense. That's my favorite war, Johnny. Did you know that? No, I did not, but it's frightening. But perhaps even more frightening, Inklike Scorpion, is at this moment, Gail Leary walks into the playroom and locks multiple points of entry. She locks every door that connects to this room and says, We need to talk. Is this really a good idea? You want to have this discussion in front of your son with a house full of people and during a hurricane. Johnny, I'm making a little present for you. I have made this perfect moment for Gail Leary to destroy the world of Dawson's Creek. This is no magic trick. It has been by design. Watch now. As Gail rips the heart out of all the little Mitchers. Wait, the little Mitchers? Yes. Sting has the little Stingers. Mitch has the little Mitchers. I, too, have my own fan club. The Little Inkers. You know what, Scorp? I'm going to allow it because that, 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 that puts a smile on my face. Hmm. As if you had a choice. Now, Johnny, tell the world what Gale does to the foolish Mitch Leary. How does she destroy his world? But also, Mitch Leary, thank you for your service. Gale tells Dawson to stay when he tries to leave. She's like, nope, this is a family conversation. We're a family. Damn it, this is happening now. Gale, what's wrong? Well, Mitch, where do I start? You know, Mitch, I love what I do. You know, I kind of always wanted to fancy myself as like a Diane Sawyer or a Barbara Walters, but it's been 20 years, and, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. You know? So I'd settle for even, like, being Jenny Jones or Sally Jesse Raphael. (laughs) But gosh, you know, who watches those shows? They're all the same. Someone does something wrong, and they go on national TV to bitch about it for everyone to see. And I always I always thought, Mitch, you know, that I wasn't that type of person. But Mitch, I gotta tell you, Gail, what are you saying? The camera now focuses on Gail Leary. 
there's sort of a Dutch angle going on. You guys familiar with Dutch angle? Like in the in the uh, villain's lair, the old Batman 60s, uh, you know, show, the, 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 the frame's kind of tilted because she's evil. I don't think she is, but that's what the, the show's saying. But I might have to rethink her evality. Might not be a word. Because this is how Gale tells her paramour what's been going on. What I'm saying, Mitch, is for the past two months, 62 days, every time that I've come home late, every time I have made an excuse to leave this house, every time that I haven't been with you, I have been with another man. Having sex with another man. Now, I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. After all, this uh, act is on the other side of apologizing, but I just thought you should know, bitch. Damn. For the record, Mitch, the camera's cut to Mitch a few times here. He's got the entire, uh, excuse me, the entire time he's got the same stupid look on his face. There's pure silence, some lightning flashes, some thunder hits hard, and oh my god, there's a blackout. The power has left the Leary household. <laughs> and we head to a commercial. But we're back. And Mitch, still silent, leaps into action, now communicating. Oh, batteries. Oh, I should have got some batteries. Oh, I know I got some batteries. I got some candles earlier. Where are they? Hey, Dawson. Dawson, why don't you go take the candles to the other room? Mitch. Mitch, calm down. Oh, where's the lantern? Oh, I know I, I filled the lantern up with some oil earlier today because I knew I would use it. Mitch, honey. Now that's Mitch unleashing a primal scream. Mitch takes his toys. His, his lifelong dream of a restaurant that he had since Nam gets tossed on the floor by a Mitch Leary. Alright? Mitch has a flashlight in his hands. Gail starts to cry. Mitch whip pans around and puts the flashlight on in her face, shining this light upon Gail's visage. Gail is crying. Mitch with a line. Don't you cry! You don't get to cry. Now, I'm not advocating violence or violent reactions, but since since Mitch doesn't actually hurt anyone, I'm going to say that's a boss move by a Mitch Leary. Way to finally use your dick. He leaves. Gail weeps. Grams enters the room. The last fucking person you want to see, and she's like, oh, dear. Mr. Leary's broken all of his toys. Now, at this point, we, we smash back to Tammy's house, okay? And I wanted to stay with the Leary house so we could build into this moment. But I have to admit that we missed a scene, okay? I skipped over it, and now I'm going to go back to it and briefly summarize it, because we did some cross-cutting earlier, okay? Oh, Johnny, I can feel the darkness grow in you. Wanting to talk about the scene where Mitch exploded. It's inside of you. You are becoming ink-like, Johnny. 
well, you know, Scorp, I, I have to admit, I, I just really didn't want to mess with the flow. I thought it would, would be nice if we could get to that pivotal moment in the narrative. I said, ink like. You know, fans, I got to tell you, I am starting to feel very ink-like here on this fantastic edition of Toad Man. Now, Pacey and Doug are locked in at Tammy's house because when they got there, the storm really started, and Doug is really trying to flirt with Tammy. Pacey's super jealous. Doug goes outside to check on a mysterious noise, and Pacey tells Tammy that, that Doug is in the closet, and then he tries to get handsy, and, and Tammy's like, oh, I can't get handsy. Your brother is a cop, and he's right there, but this is a felony. Oh, but I need you. And they end up messing around and tossing around and playing with each other. And they accidentally fall on the ground and cover themselves with the entire uh, contents of what was on top of the like, table they were sitting at. Like some ketchup and mustard and shit. And Doug walks in and catches Pacey on top of Tammy covered in these condiments. <laughs> now that's what I call a sticky situation. Doug catches them. But he doesn't understand what he sees, Johnny. He needs clues. Clues like California, 1986. <laughs> How about the beach as a clue, Scorp? Eh? Keep pressing your luck, Johnny. And I will turn you into something awful. Like a tiger? No. Dawson Leary. Sir, you keep those clues coming. As many clues as you want. You just let me know. But now, we're all up to speed. So in this scene, Doug's like, Oh gosh, Tammy, sorry my brother spilled those condiments all over you. He's an idiot, you know. He's kind of the family embarrassment. Oh, it's fine, Doug. Oh, wait, that's Graham's. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, it's fine, Doug. I bumped into him. Hehe. <laughs> well, Tammy, do you want to play a game? Maybe the if game? What's the if game? You know, it's a great way to learn about somebody. Like, if I said to you, if you could eat, only one food for the rest of your life. What would it be? You know, etc., etc. So they play. Doug is using this as an opportunity to flirt, but we do learn a few things. For example, we learn Tammy has an ex-husband that lives in New York. We also learn that Doug's dream role in a Broadway show would be Tony from West Side Story. A classic. Tonight, tonight, I'm killing Sting tonight. Oh, Scorpion, you know the songs? What do you think? When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your sting-killing day. <laughs> Johnny, do you know G, Officer Krupke? Officer Krupke? You telling me they wrote a song about the cop from Banana Republic? <laughs> <sighs> Pretty good, Johnny. Pretty Back at the Leary house, the circumcision debate wages between Bodie and Bessie. But we learn they don't even know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. Because Bodie says, well, you know what, we don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. Now Grams interjects, oh, if the child will be black or white. Oh, Grams, why? Why? Bodie and Bessie confront Grams. And they're like, you know what? Grams, are you pissed off because I'm black, she's white, or because we're living in sin, having a bastard? Grams looks very serious and says, Neither. I'm concerned when children 
raise children. This child will be treated differently, and you too better prepare yourselves. So, I see what the intent is here. We've been led to believe that Grams was pissed off about, like, living in, like, the religious implications, like, uh, living in sin, in quotation marks, and being a bastard, quotation marks, and the unfortunate societal concerns about a black man and a white woman, etc., etc. Again, please understand the context. I'm saying that that's what we're led to believe Grams is believing because of her conservative nature, okay? But this seems to indicate that We've been wrong, and the entire time, Grams has actually been concerned with the fact that children, younger folks who aren't really, who haven't really taken that step into adulthood, from her point of view, I might add, are going to be raising a child of their own in a very complicated world that may not be kind to this child. So, I get what they're doing here. I'm not an idiot. But to me, this reeks of, it's a swerve, bro! If you catch my drift. I do not. It's okay, Ink. Like, don't worry about it. It's dumb anyway. Just, it's totally fine. Uh, Jen goes outside to grab a smoke. Joey's sitting on the porch too. Jen's like, oh, hey, Joey. I didn't see you there. What are you doing out here on the sun porch? Watching Mr. Leary. Ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Leary has barricaded himself into his car. Now, I'm not sure if he took any ice cream with him, but he has snapped, and I think he might be having some flashbacks. Joey and Jen continue to chat amongst amongst excuse me, one another, and Jen tells Joey, you know what, I'm taking a break from the big D. Joey's like, oh, Jen, you know, it's just a face, just a Fies and a killing will it to be over you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys remember Incubus? Am I the only one that still likes Incubus? Oh, well. It's just an ego thing, Jen. He'll get over it. You know, he's like, how can there be anyone before me? How could anyone measure up to Dawson Leary? <laughs> I'm sure there's measuring tape in his bathroom right now. You know, Joey, what do you think it's marked up at? Pistol or rifle? How would I know? But Dawson was wrong to come at you like that. But you know, considering his height, weight, and hand size, I'd say slightly above average. (laughs) Oh, girls, the dick conversation. How quaint. Back inside, Dawson is trying to rebuild the Leary family legacy. Well, the toys, anyway. Grams tries to help. You know, Dawson... I like Frank Capra movies. It's a Wonderful Life. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Simple pictures like that, where simple things happen to simple folks. You know, people often compare Frank Capra to Steven Spielberg, Grams. Yes, those pictures have forgiveness. A gift from the Lord, showing that those who fall can get back up. Kind of like how rain makes a rainbow. And you know what? You should get yourself an umbrella. Loser. And grabs the leaves. We're at Tammy's house now. We're playing Monopoly as opposed to the If game. And we're talking about musicals. Doug really likes Gypsy. It's at this moment, Doug's feeling it. And he makes his move. So, Tammy, you want to go to the movies? Oh, sure. Great. We'll have a nice romantic dinner. <laughs> Leave baby bro at home. It'll be like a real date. Well, not like a real date. 
Why not? Well, Doug, I, um, I know. I'm not too young, am I? I'm almost 25. No, Doug. You're gay. As soon as she says it, we get some riffing piano music. It's like... They're really tickling the ivories here. And Doug's like, Pacey told you I was gay, didn't he? She's like, no, I used to live in New York. I have really good gaydar. <laughs> you told her, didn't you, Pacey? No, I didn't say anything, brawl. Nah, you know what? That's okay, Doug says. And then, ladies and gentlemen, Officer Doug pulls out his gun, brandishes it at Pacey, points it right in his face, and Doug demands that Pacey tell Tamara Jacobs that he is not gay. Holy shit, we've got some problems here. I think we've got unlawful use of a firearm, criminal threats, uh, misuse of authority or something like that, uh, inflicting terror, hostages, and all of this done to a minor, should I add. Plus, Miss Jacobs is a public educator, so I think she's one of those mandatory state reporter type folks. I mean, look, end of the day, I'm not surprised. I mean, a cop being a dick. It's not exactly breaking news, but this is escalation to the max. I don't know. I I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, me too. Totally made me want to become a cop. Pacey's like, eh, this is no big deal tomorrow. He does this type of shit all the time. He's not gay. Doug puts his firearm away and is like, okay, Whose turn is it? Back at the Leary compound, Gail enters the bitchmobile. She's soaked. She's sobbing. She's a complete wreck. It's Bob, isn't it? How long that one take you, Mitch? Mitch then tells Gail about the first time he ever saw her, and Gail starts to smile and giggle. Mitch knew that he loved Gail right then. Yikes, Jesus. Like father, like son, I suppose. Mitch then gives us a speech. But love comes that quickly. It's a decision you make, and I made it right there on the spot. We get our soft acoustic guitar. Well, I need you to know now, Gail, is that our love came quick, and it's lasted. It's weathered the storm. But as quickly as I made that decision... To love you 20 years ago. I'm taking it back. I don't love you anymore. I choose to hate you now. You can hate me now. But I won't stop now. You can hate me now. You can hate me, but don't hate the restaurant that I got and that I'm going to build. Don't leave you in the streets. You can beat my meats. I'm Mitch Leary. And you can hate me now. So I suggest you get out of the car before I physically remove you from it. Yikes! Gail does. Mitch peels away. We head to a commercial. We come back and it's time to wrap things up. The storm is over. The sun is shining. Time to get back to life. The Winter Boys leave the Tamara Jacobs household. Doug apologizes for the gun. Asks one more time if she wants to go out on a date. 
She says she's seen someone. And they leave. Back at the Leary house, Mom is gone. I mean, she's home, but she's lost it. She's just doing some some rocking. She's doing some thinking on the uh, rocky chair of the porch. Dawson and Jen are inside the house and talk. Dawson wants to apologize. Jen's like, well, you know what, Dawson? Today's a day of truths, it appears. So here we go. Fucking heart-wrenching here. She lost her virginity at 12 to a guy that got her drunk. She doesn't remember his name. She had a pregnancy scare, so she got on the pill. Then she started using condoms most of the times. Well, some of the times. It's kind of blurry. She was drinking a lot back then and blacking out. She was sexualized way too young, and she doesn't wish that on anyone. It's a bad idea. She then got caught having sex in her parents' bed, so they shipped her off to Graham's. And she knows she's not the image that Dawson had in his head, but she never was, and it wasn't fair of him to think that she could have been. Dawson cuts her off, because he's a dick, and begins his apology. It's my own hang-ups, Jen. You know, I I was jealous of my parents. Again, just fucking talking about himself. I I used their image of sexuality as a measuring stick for happiness, and now I know that that's not how you measure happiness. And knowing is half the battle. Agreed. Jen wants to use this as a chance to start over. Dawson is willing, but he has one condition. That, that you'll have me. Because, Jen, my behavior has been irredeemable. And I don't deserve someone as compassion, open, honest, and as beautiful as you are. The music starts to swell. They hug. The music is there now. And here it comes, folks. The moment. They both whimper in one another's arms, and Dawson whispers, Take two. Jen cry laughs. <laughs> God damn it! Take two. I, this take two moment lives in my head rent free, and it has my entire life. I fucking hate it. Fuck you, Dawson Leary. Take two. Oh, you're such a bitch. I'm gonna I'm gonna chill though. Yeah, what the fuck's up with you, Johnny C? Scorp, now's not the time. I just I knew this moment would come. All right, and I enjoy this episode quite a bit, but this whole Jen take two. God, what a strangle him. Pacey returns to the scene of many crimes. Tamara's house. He wants to play the if game, and he has one more question. If you could do anything in your life over, Miss Jacobs, what would it be? Well, I wouldn't marry an abusive fed stockbroker. How about you? I'd be older, so I could tell the world I'm in love with you. And you know, you didn't have to flirt with Dougie to make me jealous. I'm already jealous of every guy that sees you, of everyone who's ever smelled your hair or known your touch. Oh, Pacey, we're getting sloppy. We're going to have to end this soon. Well, Miss Jacobs, one more question then. If you could do anything right now in the entire world, what would it be? Tamara bites her lip and pulls Pacey inside, comically, and the door slams. Mitch returns home. He sits outside the porch on the steps while Gail continues to rock. Why'd you do it, Gail? Well, Mitch, if you think it can't get any worse, buddy, (laughs) it can. My reason is preposterous. I had no reason. My life was perfect. 
Perfection made me reckless. I wanted for nothing, and I felt empty, not wanting. And all I wanted was to want again. Well, I'm wanting now. I want back everything I've lost. I'm sorry, Mitch. Shh, he says to her. Let's just sit here, all right? I don't want to talk anymore. Upstairs, Joey's moping in Dawson's room. He apologizes to her again and begins to emphasize with her mother issues. Joey tells stories about remembering her mother fondly and not thinking about any of the flaws that she had when she does so, because she's gone. And even though they are getting older, we are getting older, Dawson. I know that. I'm not stupid. I I need you. Because you're my friend and my rock. And the fact that we're getting older can't get in the way. Dawson's way of showing this? He takes her to the closet. And they play Jaws. We cut to Dawson's bed, where a stuffed animal shark sits smiling at us fondly. And we fade to black. Well, ink like scorpion, buddy, we survived the hurricane. And, um, well, sir, if... If it's okay with you, that is. Do you have a most valuable creaker for us? Yes, Johnny, I do. I choose... Doug. Doug? Yes. He's the type of man that I want to be. Oh, Scorp. Do you have something you want to say? (laughs) Yes, I do. I, the ink-like scorpion, am going to become a police officer so I can use my gun to do whatever I want. Oh, not where I thought we were going. That's fine, sir. Uh, I do not choose Jen as I usually do. Why? Because she forgave Dawson, and that's unforgivable. I choose Gail. Because she carried this episode on her back and made me believe her rationalization to fuck a Bob. But that is going to wrap things up here on Toad Man with a recap of Dawson's Creek. Unless you have any closing words, sir? Yes. Sting. I forgive you. Dick do. All right, well, I'm not scared of you anymore, sir. So, make sure you subscribe to the new TNN podcast so you get notified when new content drops. I'm Johnny C. I'm the Incorrect Scorpion. Just have to make it We soon